who is this? Is she like an aunt or like a sister? Who is this bitch who's not her mom who lives in the house? Welcome to Geeks Without God with Molly Glover, Nick Glover, and Tim Wick. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God, we are talking about the Netflix film The Wonder, starring Florence Pugh. It is a film that has a lot of interesting religious themes, and hey, we're an atheist podcast, so fits. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Welcome to Geeks Without God. I'm your host, Molly Glover, joined as always by my co-hosts, Tim Wick. Hello. And Nick Glover. I wonder what we're going to talk about. Oh, I oh. wonder what we're going to talk about. Uh, did somebody say The Wonder on Netflix? That's Not right. yet. Not yet. Well, we're going to oh, talk about did. The Wonder Actually, on Netflix. Did. Yeah, yeah. It is a uh, movie starring Florence Pugh. Uh, it's great. Or it's not. Really, it depends on uh, how much you enjoy slow drama. <laughs> it's a movie. It is a movie uh, I that we are this. going to spoil, I'll bet. Yeah, we're going to spoil yeah. it. We're going to spoil it. And, uh, you know, it's. I think you could still enjoy it knowing what's happening. But yeah. I think, like, you're going to enjoy it more if you don't. Right. That sure. Is so, fair. If you've been thinking about watching it, just pause. Go watch it. Come back. It's on Netflix, for God's sake. Yeah. But I yeah. a psychological period yeah. drama. Did and you I mean, think that The Witch was too slow and boring? <laughs> you don't watch The Wonder. I'll tell you that. You know, yeah, and I, and I think that, uh, you know, one of the things that, one of the reasons we watched this is because we felt like it had good uh, topics to discuss as an atheist mm-hmm. podcast, which, yes. uh, and we're definitely going to talk about that. So, you know, if you don't want to watch the movie, but you're interested in, you know, talking about sort of religious themes that are featured within this movie, then, you know, I, I don't think you have to have seen the movie for that. For no, that. you definitely don't have yeah. to have seen the movie to enjoy this episode. So it, I will say you should at least go watch the trailer. So sure. you know what the fuck we're talking about. Sure. <laughs> so, all right. So in the wonder Florence Pugh stars as an English nurse. Uh, this is this is important. She is an English nurse who has been charged with going to see an Irish girl. Uh, this is uh, at a time when I mean, this is at a time when Ireland and England aren't aren't very happy with each other. So, <laughs> You'll you know, have to be more specific. It's, it's <laughs> Narrow down, yeah. But um, she it is uh she it is set in uh gosh I want to say eighteen hundreds. Yeah, it feels. Like, I feel like it is. It is uh, 1862. Yeah, is what Wikipedia is telling me. So uh, post nurse potato Wright, famine. It is post yes, potato yes, famine. It post it is post the famine, or as they call it, the hunger, which I do appreciate because you know that seems like it's like Love they don't movie. they don't call it World War One <laughs> when That's it's true. happening, yeah. right? Like, but uh, it is post the famine, and uh, and Nurse Wright uh, Florence Pugh, who served in the Crimean War is a, a, a kind of a no-nonsense nurse who has been tasked to come to Ireland to uh, what she thinks is just to see a girl, to care for a girl. Uh, an Irish girl who is 11 years old, who reportedly has not eaten anything since her 11th birthday, which we find out later in the movie. Her 11th birthday coincidentally happened to be the day that she took the Holy Sacrament of Communion. For the first time. So her birthday Aww. was on 
a Sunday, taking her first communion. And so the first thing she ate on her birthday, it seems, or at least the most significant thing that she ate on her birthday was the Holy Eucharist. And she has not taken any food since. This is important because this girl is being held up as a miracle. Right. Because she's not dying. She appears to be healthy. I was actually, um, because of my history with anorexia, I was very trepidatious about watching this. Yeah. Uh, I, I had a lot of, I wanted to see it. I suggested we watch it for the show even, but I was really nervous about watching it because I was really worried that she was going to be visibly very thin. And she's not. The girl is healthy. She's got rosy, you know, pink cheeks, apple cheeks. She's seems of a normal weight and health. And, and God is feeding her, or God is, is feeding she, her. She's or is she he? hasn't eaten for four months. And so mm-hmm. the a, a council of men in her village, which appears to be like, it seems like it's like elders of the town and like a priest is involved. Yeah. And they the are town doctor. the town doctor and some, I'm guessing some men important in commerce are there because they want to verify with two outside sources that she is indeed a miracle. Um and so they a have saint. a well, not a, a, a candidate for sainthood. Really. Yeah. Yes. yes. She's got to die so, first, but you know, she's not eating. No, it's going to happen. So they've got uh, uh, an English nurse and an Irish nun. And the, the they are tasked, these two women are tasked with eight hour shifts apiece where they are going to watch this girl. They are not to intervene. They are not to keep her from eating, but also they're not to force her to eat. Uh, they're not to intervene feed her with a tube or anything that the nurse would do as she says like this is what we would do to people who don't eat um and so they're just supposed to watch her and they can talk to her and they can you know engage her in things but they do eight hour shifts so it's like eight hours they switch eight hours they switch eight hours which means for two weeks these two women are going to watch her and each of them will purportedly have seen her at all hours of the day and night and for a significant amount of time is to then present their findings. They are not to confer and they are to present their findings separately to this council of men. And I feel it's important to point out that it is a council of men. Oh, yeah. And, it and it's two, two women, women who have been hired to watch a girl. A girl, mm-hmm. a, an 11-year-old girl, a child by yeah. all accounts. You know, mm-hmm. even if you want to get into your weird, is she really a child? You know, mm-hmm. you know she's 11. So yeah. it's... And she has a family, uh, brothers and sisters. We find out that she has her mother and her father are there. And I think also an aunt uh, is my guess. It seems her last name is O'Donnell. So she's probably her father's sister. There's another adult woman in the house. There's another adult woman in the house. Now, this adult woman. All right, fuck it. This movie starts out fucking weird. This movie starts out with a sweeping shot of a soundstage. With a voiceover about... The movie you are about to see is presenting things, you know, that may or may not have be true. And you have to decide for yourself what is real. And it's very dramatic. And I feel like it was a little up its own ass. Yeah, the movie, the movie is. And um, as a writer, I, I appreciate the themes, but I I, dis- I didn't appreciate the two by four with which I was hit over the head with it. Um, <laughs> the the theme of stories and uh, subjective truth. Uh, is very yes. much what's going on in this film. Yes, the stories we tell so, ourselves. All, yes. all I could think of is, I said this before we recorded, but it's the Leonard Nimoy and the Simpson Files, Trees House of Horror, and it's like, the following tale of alien encounters is true, and by true I mean false. It's all lies. 
but they're entertaining lies. And in the end, isn't that the truth? The answer <laughs> is no. Yeah. <laughs> like that, like the whole yeah. up its ass opening with the soundstage is just that. Like that's all it is. It's just that nonsense. Yeah. And I, I kept, I, I kept wondering if there was more to it than that. And I think the problem is there wasn't, uh, you know, the story itself, the film itself is interesting enough without this pretentious BS that it gets framed with, um, that it, that suggests the film is about more than it is. Uh, it's not, it's, it's a, yeah, go ahead, Nick. Maybe, sorry. Maybe if there was a twist ending, or sure. something left up to interpretation or uh, like, oh, my God, was super something supernatural happening after all? Oh, no. Yeah. And, and, and this this movie from a religious from an, a religious atheist perspective. Yeah. What it what it's really about is the the counter between um, people who are really fanatic mm. and want desperately to believe that this girl is a miracle and people who are skeptical, but in the end still kind of would like to believe she's a miracle too. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, it, to me, it's, there's so much damage that religion is doing to these people in this movie. Yeah. And religion is killing this girl as, as yeah. And I would, I would even argue, you know, religion killed her long ago because what we, we find out that when she was, so we find out she has a brother who died and we don't know how he died, but he died. Uh, and he wasn't, it seems like he died, you know, he's, he wasn't like that much older than her. And we find out eventually that her brother told her they were married and raped her repeatedly the love of of a the love as a sister and the love as saying a wife. that she a was his love. wife that god saying that god had said she should be his wife and they were going to be and that and then raped her repeatedly and that his death was god's wrath and that her brother is burning in hell because of his love for her his sexual love for her so she feels guilt about that she feels like uh, it, it seems like her mother, very religious, and father are also very religious as well. It seems like they are in on this whole idea that her brother's soul is burning in hell and there is but one way to free him from that torment. And that is her fasting and becoming a saint and somehow, I guess, doing a twofer. But like <laughs> that, so that confuses me because. At least one of the parents knows concretely that it's a that it's a, a sham. Yes. yes, her mother knows because and, her mother's feeding her. And and so, like, I don't understand why the mother would think like it's just so del- self deluded that she thinks that the, she, there's some religious means she's going to accomplish here. And and Tim, I would say that it's not just religion. I'd say there's a, a greed aspect here too because. The people on that console, console, uh, and the, the the church members. There's clearly a financial motivation here, hmm. with like a carnival sideshow aspect. Like people are paying to see this girl, mm-hmm. this potential saint, and mm-hmm. I feel like she's like a a tourist attraction for this this she is you know, famine town she is they are exploiting her but i mean and but that comes back to fanaticism as well right they're exploiting the fanatics who want to see this miracle girl uh Mm -hmm. and and profiting off her 
So it, you know, it, and, and it, it, it's, what is it really saying about, and I, I know that the movie is really more about stories and, and, and the nature of reality and the nature of what we believe, but, but as an atheist watching this movie, uh, so much of it is about how religion sort of poisons everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and how religion is in, is effectively a profit center. Uh, yeah. it, well, what was what was the Catholic Church doing for all those centuries of the Dark Ages leading into the Renaissance and beyond? It was it was investing in real estate. It was it was amassing vast material wealth in the name of God. Yeah, but that wasn't really what it was. It was it was doing it for the people in charge, and so that's yes. the same thing that's going on here. This town sees a financial opportunity in the name of God, and they are willing to kill a little girl. Yes, to to have it happen, and they make it very clear. There's a really there there they make a very pointed place of when people come to see her and they're like we have something for the girl and the family's like no and i was wrong actually the the narrator we'll talk about in a minute is actually her apparently her older sister oh. i guess her sister who's nine years younger than her mother because there's like because <laughs> there's like nine sisters or something right I guess, yeah i guess hard life can make you look that much closer in age to your mom but whatever um but I'll, I'll, people come to see anna and they're like oh something for the child and the mother very very is like oh no to the poor box then to the poor box you know it's a box that goes to the poor and it's like right but as the the news reporter points out that money goes to the church and it's like yeah. well yes ostensibly to help the poor but yes that is money that then goes to the church and it's very clear that like you're saying tim that the men in charge like is this will bring the town fame mm. because to have a saint a modern saint in your town, like this is a big deal. There haven't been saints. This is a, this was, you know, and, and, you know, we, it's funny because people talk about mother Teresa here and there. And I don't think people realize that like, it was such a big fucking deal that she could be a saint. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She was achieving sainthood. And so we also see that very, you know, it's very, it's very spelled out. I don't think we're hit over the head with this back aspect of it, but Anna's only toy we see her playing with are her saint cards. Yeah, which are like tarot cards, but for the saints. And so she's playing with them and she's drawing them and she's so this one came out that says this about you. And oh, I brought though this one says this about you. She's the saint. Oh, St. Catherine. You know, she did this. And our our nurse uh, was is someone who has lost her husband. It seems like they lost a, a baby together. I don't know. And he they lost a child. He, he did not they handle lost it. A well. Child and he left. Yeah. And so she again with another amazing layer to this story you know as is stories we tell ourselves is she's taking laudanum it seems almost every night yeah she's taking laudanum she has as nick pointed out when we watched it she has a very ritualistic use of the laudanum she takes out this bundle she unfolds it in a very specific way she looks at the booties she smells the baby booties she pours herself a teaspoon of laudanum she drinks the laudanum she puts things you know she plays with the booties while she's falling asleep Yep, she, she stabs she herself, pricks her finger, yep. and licks her own blood, and puts the pin back. And it's all very, it's all tied up in, in ecstasy, in blood, in sacrifice, in you know, and there's all these themes. And so to have this, the, we see the girl is in almost an ecstatic 
form when she's praying. She seems beatific. Mm-hmm. She seems taken by the prayer. And that's before she actually stops eating because the nurse then realizing that probably something's going on because nobody is healthy like this without eating. After four months, she forbids her from any contact with her family. She sees the the kiss. She sees her mother kissing her on the face and thinks that probably something's going on there and forbids her from contact with her family. And the first thing her mother says is, even kisses from her mom, her ma'am? And it's like, uh, see, that's that's yeah. your that's your first thought. And it turns out her mother was spitting chewed up food into the little girl's mouth, but the little girl is like, but that's manna from heaven. And it's, again, the stories we tell each other. So now we keep saying this thing about the stories because, so like we said, it begins with a sweeping view of a soundstage showing us this is all a movie, specifically fucking saying it's a movie, and then zooming in on to the movie. And then in the middle of the goddamn movie, (laughs) Anna's sister all of a sudden looks at the camera, breaks the fourth wall, and a voiceover as she makes eye contact is like, hello there, it's I. (laughs) Do you remember me? I told you this was all stories. Anyway, and then we go back to the fucking movie like that didn't happen. Yeah. So I feel like the... The the three characters that are really like failed by religion here that we kind of see end up, you know, Will, William the reporter, mm-hmm. his family, while he was off at school, his family starved. Yes, from in, from the famine, from, from the hunger. hunger. They yeah. wouldn't leave their house right to get help because they were too ashamed to let anyone see they them that way. They wouldn't starve in the street. They They'd didn't starve in the starve privacy. In the they of they literally locked themselves in their yeah. home. Nailed. Yeah themselves yeah Yeah. and so and and so i feel like i wouldn't on that on that alone i wouldn't necessarily assume his anti-faith or anti-religion or anti you know these particular groups of religious guys but then when you read his article or when you are read his article at the end i feel like he probably blames the church for his family's death um, which seems reasonable to me. How much money did the Catholic Church in Ireland just sit on? How much yeah. gold? How much yeah. real estate? How much did they have that right. they could have sold off? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, there's definitely, like Tim, like you're saying, there's definitely ant criticism of religion or anti-religious religion sentiments in in the characters that we're cheering for. Yeah, and. With, with the girl, too. So when when Nurse Wright presents her findings to them and is like, it was her mom. Like, her mom was spitting food in her mouth. She told me. You know, that's what's happening. That's why all of a sudden now it's been two weeks and she's dying. Or it's been like four days. It's like, that's why after the last few days, she's so weak and clearly dying, needs a wheelchair now. Yeah. And it's like, because her mother was feeding her, now she's not. And, and Anna, of course, is like, all I ever had was manna from heaven. Which, you know, because she wants to die. She wants to die a saint Mm. because she thinks that she is responsible for the fact that her brother raped her. And it is her duty as a sister, as I mean, let's just be, I mean, as a woman to do this for her family and and die a saint so her brother can be brought into heaven and so that he won't be burning in hell. She, She firmly believes that. But we know she doesn't want to die. Not really. Like not. The girl Anna doesn't want to die. The the sister Anna is who thinks she needs to. 
that. Yeah, she feels she has to. She doesn't necessarily want to, but she feels that she has no choice. Yes. And so Nurse Wright, you know, picks her up and takes her out and it has her, you know, by a stream and is saying to her, you know, if you were another little girl, if you were a different little girl, what might your name be? And she says, Nan, it's like, so maybe Anna can die and then Nan will wake up. And it's like a way of giving her, and it's, it's, I mean, it's a disassociation. It's, it's a strong way of saying, you know, what happens? It, what if we give you another life? But it, it is the only way out for this kid, which is so fucking sad that it's just like, no, no, you don't understand. I have to die. It's like, right. Anna has to die. That is true. Mm-hmm. Anna has to die. And if she disappears, all the more saintly, right? Like, and then, but like the real little girl, the one who needs to eat and who wants to live and who wants to have a life, you know, could come be with me. And so it's it's kind of amazing because the the newspaper reporter who lost his family to the famine is 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 comes along with them. Uh, the nurse who lost her husband and her child has now a husband, I mean, a husband and a child, the girl whose family betrayed her to the point where, I mean, yes, her brother raped her and her parents knew about it, but they were willing, they were gleefully wanting her to die for his fucking immortal soul or some shit for the soul of their rapist kid. Right. Like, (laughs) my God. Oh, but he should be in heaven. I mean, just, so they all were either they had lost their families or were betrayed by people in their family or and so now they are a family together and we see them going to America under a new name Sydney. Were they going to Sydney? Yeah, they're going yeah. to Australia. I America. They're yeah, going the, to Australia. The, the Cheshires. Oh, is there, is there. I thought that was a New York thing. No. <laughs> it sounds New York, doesn't it? No, I mean that's the name. That's the name they take. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. The Cheshires, but no, they're yeah. they're bound for Sydney. Like the criminals, they were. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the criminals, right. yeah. And, uh, you know, and I, I, you know, and whether or not they're in a relationship, they certainly they had sex. We know that. And we don't know whether yes. that that translates to a to a long term relationship. But it, it certainly is they're posing. Yeah. Right. Right now, they're posing as a family. Um, certainly, we know that she's going to be raising this girl as her own. Um, yeah. And that her family will not know what's happened to her. What I, I what I find, you know, and, and I don't think this movie is not like all religion is bad, right? Because the nun who we don't meet very much and who, I mean, I'm still judging her pretty harshly because she lies about the mother feeding the daughter, which she clearly saw and clearly knows. Uh, And yet when, when asked to corroborate the nurse's story, she won't. Uh, But at the same time, she clearly sees what happened to Anna yeah. Uh, and and she says to the nurse that she saw it. And basically mm-hmm. the only question she has is, is this little girl going to be taken care of? Mm-hmm. And as long as the, she knows that that, that little girl is going to be taken care of, then she doesn't care that mm-hmm. this ruse has taken place. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's, there's certainly goodness there. Um, so the movie's not entirely like all religious people are bad. But at the same time, she also was willing to allow this girl to die or she did not feel that she could intervene. Um, Which could be a saying. I mean, it could be that could be uh, talking about. I mean, we're talking about the patriarchy. We're talking right. about yeah. women's power in, yeah. the, in the 1800s. And, and on that on that uh, topic, you know, I feel like one of the people that's advocating for letting the girl starve herself to death is the physician whose yep. motivation doesn't seem 
to be relating to the town's financial state or religion. It seems to be tied to, you know, him discovering a child who's living by photosynthesis or something along those lines, right? Like, he doesn't think there's necessarily something religious happening. He is, like, really excited about the paper he's going to write for the Royal Society. Exactly. He wants he right? wants to discover something new for science. Yeah. Exactly. He's going to be and, famous because so, what else could it be? <laughs> like, and so it's, it's you know, his motivation is, is fame or, or discovery or even just, you know, the pursuit of knowledge, I guess you could say. But, like, so I feel like there's at least one example of a non-religious, non-greed or economic motivation for letting this kid starve herself to death. There, his, yeah, that's true. His reasoning for why he's convinced, like when she says, well, someone must be feeding her and the doctor is like, no, no. I mean, it's, it's, and, and it seems like the idea is, but they're a godly family. Right. They would never lie. Yeah. They would never lie about this because well, they are Christians. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we, we, we can't say that. I mean, of course, they're telling the truth. They all say it. But would they all be lying? And it's so, like, oh, so frustrating in that sense. When you can't detach someone, you know, a, a rural country doctor in Ireland from the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. right? Like, just because his motivations aren't relating uh, on, on the surface to religion doesn't mean that he's not mm-hmm. Um, you know, tainted by that in that I way. Do I do like that it was Toby Jones also as the doctor because to me he's always Zola. <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> like the idea that it's like, but he's a bad doctor. Like, yeah. don't he does experiments? Don't let yeah. him. Like he's a we good... will see how long the child <laughs> can live. The child is living through photosynthesis, Mister Rogers. <laughs> Takes these genes to make our superior soldiers. <laughs> I really loved uh, the girl, uh, Keela. I don't know how to, I'm assuming it's Keela, but there's an accent and I'm guessing she's Irish. Keela Lord Cassidy, uh, who I'm I'm assuming this is probably her debut role uh, because she doesn't even have a Wikipedia page yet, but she was phenomenal as Anna. Yeah. Just luminous. She did such a good job uh, both as when you first see her and she just seems very calm and very still and very sure of herself. And then as she's dying and she's getting weaker and weaker. And, and I also really appreciate that she was healthy and then she didn't eat for several days and she started to die because she was barely hanging on with the mouthfuls of food she was being given by her mother. But also that like, you don't have to be super skinny to die of not eating. Yeah, right. Like you can die of not eating when you're not super skinny. And that I think is an important, I feel like people always think like, oh, if you're fat, you can live for years on your supplies. And that's just not how organs work. So (laughs) it was, it was, it was good. I, the, the woman who played, um, her, the Kitty O'Donnell, her apparently Anna's sister, also known as the narrator, uh, we saw her uh, in something else. Uh, she was in Raised by Wolves, which oh, yeah. uh, we got to get we got to get you to watch it, Tim. It's, yeah. It is literally an atheist show. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, kind of, yeah, I mean, in the sense that like there are characters, there is a there is a group called the atheists versus the 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 not atheists, right? And so the and atheists use child soldiers, and she's one of the atheists <laughs> in that. And and so it was it was very cool. She's a great actress, and I I hope she's in more things. Uh, uh, it was it was she was really fantastic in this. Uh, 
she's Irish. Surprising no one. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, there, there are a lot of we, people in this movie who are Irish. I know that's that's surprising. Irish. Yeah. Yes. Is Lawrence Pugh, who is English, plays an English woman, which is, you know, interesting. Yes. Good question. So, I mean, this this guy's got an Irish accent, right? William, the reporter. Yeah. yeah. The 11-year-old, she's got an Irish accent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Florence Pugh, the nurse, she's got an English accent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're all going to Sydney. And everyone's just going to be super cool with... <laughs> <laughs> with this mismatch about no one's going to be like hey wait a minute is this really your daughter because she or are they just banking on maybe australians not knowing the difference I'm i think sure they're the they're banking on the fact there that there are a lot of english and irish people getting yeah. shipped off to yeah i think they're banking on the sure. fact that uh, the australians don't give a fuck uh, yeah. that's what so, i think yeah, is going uh, on tom burke is uh who played william uh he yeah. is english okay uh florence Pugh is also english and they are the two who played the Londoners and everyone else who played anybody in, in the movie is Irish except for Toby Jones, who is an English actor, but he, he, so he played Irish. Everyone else. I mean, I'm just guessing based on these names, C.R. and Hines, Dermot Crowley, Brian O'Byrne. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, I'm just going to go well, on. I, on a limb I'm pretty sure there. the movie was made in Ireland. Um, yes. So, um, but so I don't know. I I I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was uh, it was directed by Sebastian Lello, and it was written by someone named Emma Donahue. Uh, Sebastian Lello is a Chilean director, and the screenplay was written by him and Emma Donahue, who is an Irish Canadian playwright, and mm. Alice Birch, who is a British playwright and uh, screenwriter. So I, it's based on a play called The, the Wonder by no, Emma Donahue. No. Uh, oh no, it's excuse me, it's a novel. Uh, it is a no- novel describing, and I guess what the girl has is officially anorexia mirabilis. Oh, like a miracle. Yeah. I, I, I didn't hate this movie. I, I was talking shit about it at the beginning. There are obviously some parts I really liked. I just wish it was a little bit, uh, like, I feel like you could cut a solid half hour out of this movie and it would stand up just, just fine. There's just too much room to breathe in between everything. It doesn't need all that room to, to tell the story. And the frame itself is kind of fucking ridiculous, but yeah, the it's frame not a bad is, movie. The frame is is the biggest problem with the movie. I I enjoy the pacing of the movie, um, uh, and I and I enjoyed the, and and I really do think as you know, an atheist podcast. This was a good movie to watch to think about those those religious themes and the damage that religion was doing. Yeah, to for sure, for sure. to these people, uh, to this young girl in in particular, but to her family as well. I mean, her her parents were willing, and you can, it's 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 not that it's an okay thing, right? That her mother was willing to let her daughter die. I mean, she was she was clearly wrecked by the idea that her daughter had to die, but she mm-hmm. couldn't get past her own religious belief that it was an absolute necessity because um, her son's soul was burning in hell you know for this shit he did <laughs> yeah yeah and i think his i think the son must have been a little bit older because the the implication is he was old enough to know what he was fucking doing yeah for sure um, yeah. uh i i also felt that way it felt like it felt like her son was, or her brother was probably like several years older, especially yeah. since, especially considering that, that Kitty is supposed to be her sister. For her some reason, I thought sister. they said he was 17. Well, yeah. And maybe about that, because they showed a picture of him and they said they lost him. 
mm-hmm. during the war. He went over. Yeah, during he, he went, went over, over during the during war. The war. So and there was there was the, the assumption like, there that he was. I thought you meant he emigrated. Yeah. 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 I I I I really liked it. I uh, I think that I think that there's there's a uh, I really enjoy movies that are sh- dramatic and slow when there are excellent performances. And I felt like every single person in this movie gave an absolutely spellbinding performance. I really enjoyed watching them. I thought that the only thing I found at all strange, I mean, other than the fucking frame, which was garbage and should have been cut. I don't know how, I don't know how that got through. It, it's got to, it, it couldn't be in the novel, right? Like it just, uh, maybe, but, maybe it is. I don't know. But, but the the other thing I found very weird to the point where it kind of pulled me out was that this nurse who is sharing a room with a nun she's never met in a town she's never been to in and her room is in like an inn is taking laudanum to the point where she is like fucked up yeah, passing like, out at her desk or on the floor on desk lolled across the desk like full-on fucking heroin addict like well she she and the nun never occupy the same place at the same time it's within eight hours i'm just saying if it's nighttime and you're taking your spoonful of laudanum and it's so bad that you can't even like you can't manage to put the baby booties back in their secret hiding place before you are like (laughs) on the ground probably the nun might come in in that Could time happen. right like yeah. just, just a seems... spoonful of laudanum makes yeah. never mind never mind the, the laudanum stuff felt unnecessary mm. like i feel like they felt like they needed to be like and then also there's this laudanum thing and 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 she's because it's like i i think we could have understood she was very sad about her baby dying without needing to also be fucked up on laudanum all the time and i kept expecting that to matter mm-hmm. in the plot and then it never did so we've she is she going to is she still taking laudanum now that she's got, she smashes the bottle. Yeah. So that's good. We see her smash the bottle and keep the booties and that's great. And she's talking about her baby, but like, it just felt very laudanum's not something you just quit. (laughs) You don't just like, it's morphine baby. It's, it's real strong. So it was, that was something that just felt like unnecessary. Like it, it felt like it was meant to give us the, our heroine is a good person who doesn't need drugs anymore because she's 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 achieved a secular holiness in that hmm. she's going to save this girl and she's beyond drugs. Everyone, oh congratulations! She beat, she, him. Beat, she beat drugs. Like it just felt really weird. But otherwise, I very much like this movie. Yeah, uh, uh, B B minus. Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's our review of The Wonder, and uh, we don't have any five answers right now, so we're None. not going to read them. If you want to change that, you can send your answers to us. Our five questions are posted on our website. Uh, you probably know them if you've been listening a lot. If you haven't sent yours in, I guess really ask yourself why you haven't. What are you afraid of? We will love to hear them. We'd love to read them. What are you hiding? Literally no answer is wrong or bad or dumb. And if you just haven't gotten around to it, make this the kick in the pants you need. This is the sign from God. Answer my questions, bitch. (laughs) <laughs> that wasn't me that was god speaking through me. God. anyway thank you so much uh if you have seen the wonder and you liked it let us know if you didn't like it let us know if you go watch it after this and then you have thoughts you can always tell us about them and we will see you next tuesday with a hot fresh new godless episode godless hot Bye. Bye. hello it's me again 
This entire podcast is about stories. Stories about podcasts and other stories. Need more Geeks Without God? Go to our website, read our blog posts, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter at Geeks Without God. Social media! We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. All right. Well, good work, everybody.